here we are again for another video and each each time we set out to try and do a video <coughs> I debate should we shouldn't we uh, I have thousands of things flying in my mind all the time and I don't know where to start I don't know where to finish I don't know what to include um, and uh, I can only hope I know I'm here to say something and I know that, uh, that the Lord will give me things to say but I don't want to approach the Lord. We were just talking about this a few minutes ago. I don't want to be approaching the Lord saying, Lord, give me something to say. I don't want to do that. I think that's, it can be, depending on the attitude and where a person is coming from, I think it could be presumptuous. Well, particularly if you're deciding that today's the day you're going to speak, and now you're like, all right, now give me something to say. Right. That's, it's, it's, right. It's, one, it's one thing if you're whatever, hauled before the Sanhedrin or whatever. That's right. It's a different thing. Right? And the Lord said, don't worry about the things you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you things to say. Right. And so in that situation, I don't think there would be any problem with asking according to the will of God. The will of God is that you should have things to say. And so asking according to the will of God is perfectly fine. Yeah. But if you're just going to tell everybody that, you know, Friday or Sunday is a worship service right, or right. a house meeting right and and then you invite everybody there and then it's like well i gotta put on a show so right god hook me up with some profound things to say right yeah. that it starts being about you and your work even if it seems like a good christian work right it's still not his work it all comes across as something something important well why wouldn't you want to ask godly. god for something good sure that's right. It reminds me of that situation um, where I, I, I was invited to go to that mission trip fundraiser. Okay. And, and I asked the people there running this fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Is that the one that? Yeah. Okay. And I, and I asked, and I just asked them straight up. They had some mission trip to Mexico and they were raising this money and there was some guy there, some Mexican convert who was helping run the church while they weren't there and they were going to build them houses and schools right. and just real junky feel good kind of Mexico mission trip kind of stuff for kids mostly mostly to give the kids an experience right and and I just asked them I the, said, the, the, the church kids that yes, are going there that's yeah. right right and I and I asked them I just asked them very simply I said have you asked the Lord if you should even be doing this you're asking the Lord for your blessing Right. You're asking the Lord to make right. you a success. Right. But have you even asked the Lord if you should be doing it at all? Right. And they were outraged. They wouldn't answer the question. Yeah. All the high school kids were going to kick me out of the building, and this is an outrage. And, and, I, and I said, well, look. I said, because if you shouldn't be doing it, well, then you're not working where the Father's working. <laughs> That's right. Jesus and, said, I work where, where my Father works. Right. Yeah. And, and, of course, they pretty much hoofed us out of there. Jeannie was with me. Which tells you, right? And they he never wasn't working there. They never answered the question. They said, well, of course God wants us to do this. I yeah. said, well, not of course. Yeah. You haven't asked him. And I said, if yeah. it's just such an of course matter, why don't we ask him right now? Yeah. And they wouldn't and do it. Work. Yeah. And they wouldn't do it. And then they ended up going there, and, and apparently their convert who was running the church there went back to alcohol and hung himself in front of the kids, and a bunch of people had to try and help him out of the tree because he wasn't dead yet. It was just a horror show. Oh. And that was their... Wow. And wasn't that a special day, Martin? 
Um, where you were there. Oh, yeah, and met up with your good neighbor there as well. Yeah, yeah, that was, was amazing. A bunch of stuff being worked out there. Yeah, that was really amazing. And the way it happened, the way it was arranged. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make it up. Comes to your table. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. No, you couldn't make it up. Couldn't make it. It was a and strange evening. Uh, it was just a, a, it was a supernatural event. And so many, we have experiences of so many things like that. Mm -hmm. The Lord is just leading us and using us and doing mm -hmm. things with us and with others. Because I had no right? intention of going. I don't go to religious fundraisers. No. And you were talked into it by a girl that was working here. Right. <laughs> and, 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 she's, and, and I told her. I said and she it, kept insisting. Yeah, I told right? her. I said, if, if, if I go to this thing, you know what's going to happen. Like, I, I won't, I'm right. not coming in peace, <laughs> nor will they take me as such. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and she said, but I, I still want you to come. And I said, okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then I called you. And we asked the Lord about it and decided mm -hmm. to come. Yeah. And then she told me, she said, well, I was, I was praying and asking the Lord while I was driving home that he would make you come. And I said, well, okay, well, I'm coming. And you then know, we you, went there. And, you and can't take anybody for granted. You can't right. judge them by, totally. by where they are or what they are or their station in life. This is wonderful. I right. mean, the Lord takes out of the mouths of babes, right? right. You know, he takes the simple things, the mm -hmm. what apparently foolish things, whatever. And I'm not saying that, that the person was uh, silly or foolish or anything like that. Uh, but the Lord takes the, the things that don't appear too impressive to us. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the Pope. Wasn't a bishop, yeah, you don't wasn't pastor so-and-so, wasn't reverend so-and-so. No, just just somebody right out of right. the outside of the religious scene kind of kind of thing, sort of. Yeah, and then I, and I'm sitting there and there's nobody else there because I don't know any of them. Right. I'm sitting at the table and By yourself, who sits down you next to me but your, what, your arch nemesis? Jeannie oh. was there, wasn't she? Yeah, she was yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. And this woman sits down to you and she hates you with all of her guts. And yeah. And she finds out I'm working at Harvest Haven, and she's bitching, and had all kinds of things to say to her. And, yeah. And then the people running the place, and I mean, as, as far as having a nice evening goes, it was a disaster, but I enjoyed myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're laughing, and I think maybe some people might be a little uncomfortable with our laughing about these things. <coughs> but I have to say that wh when I'm... It might sound a little pres presumptuous, but I feel like we're speaking out of the joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Just, just thankful for the way He's leading us, mm -hmm. for the way that He's dealing with uh, with people that hate us. It's marvelous. It's marvelous. It really is. And it, it just makes you so thankful that He's covering for you like that. Mm -hmm. And it happens again and again and it's again. It's interesting. Absolutely, it's interesting. not boring. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can just sit there and be like, ho-hum religious event, yeah, oh, yeah. look at the stupid money thermometer. We all donated a bit of money and right. they painted yeah. in with a stupid marker and, yeah. and that's it. That's, yeah. Yeah. Nobody looks forward to that, but mm. I, would, I would do You that. don't find that anywhere in the scriptures, Right. any kind of uh, focus of that kind. You right. just don't find that. Nothing. But it's where the Spirit of the Lord is. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, mm -hmm. uh, there's joy. There's, uh, there's some excitement, like you say. Some spontaneity, some life, yes. some surprise, some yes. interest. It's reality. Yeah, it's not boring. Yeah. The Lord is in there. Where two earth they are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. Right. And those people, they have these, these, these dull, boring lives. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. There's no freedom. Sounds A lot of those people don't want to be there. Well, so truly, then, truly, most people are bored of their lives. Yeah. 
Otherwise, they yeah. wouldn't be looking for so much entertainment. Yeah, yeah. They just go to bed when the day was over. Marlon, uh, Martin, <laughs> Marlon. <laughs> Mar that one I haven't Mar heard Martin, yet. <laughs> Mar Martin has the worst time of it because everybody's always twisting his name somehow. So here I am. I haven't even. That's the first for Marlon. All the people. I've had Marvin and Markson and Markin and. First. And but I've never had a Marlin. I'm original. I've had a Mervin. And I've had a Merlin. <laughs> But I've not had a Marlin. <laughs> okay, back to the subject line. Where was I? <laughs> I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Um, I'll try not to do it again. Um, where were we, really? We're talking about how interesting things can be. Yeah, they, they are interesting. Uh, and it's, it's because if, if there's nothing interesting happening there, and yet they're trying to do these works, it's because he's not in their midst. Right. He's not in their midst. That's was, what's happening. It was just a terribly boring, stiff, ordinary potluck. Potluck in Merlin. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was having a night. The only people having a good time were the teenagers in the parking lot sneaking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. Didn't they know the 11th commandment? Right. Thou shalt not smoke? Right. So. Yeah, but yeah, everything gets everything gets set up in a yeah. It's amazing, just amazing. And you and can't escape the Lord. And going back to your original point, nowhere to hide. Where I, when I took it for a jog, um, you can't just presume. They just right. presume that because what right. they're doing seems good, right? That it's what God wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's often the total opposite. If yes. it's esteemed by men, yeah. God despises it. Yeah. That's and everybody right. thinks, oh, raising money, yeah. helping poor Mexican families. What's wrong with that? Oh, that's and that's what they said. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You think God has a problem with that? Yeah. I said, well, have you asked them? Yeah. And and then I yeah. I, I did tell them when that's I was the there. Whole issue. Yeah. I said I said well here's the problem. I said I've asked the Lord, and He has not approved this. Amen. And that's when they got really mad and well you leave here and I yeah. left or whatever and then the whole thing was a total meltdown in Mexico. Yeah, and you didn't just go there because of what happened there, and the people you met. You're you're confronting the reformed movement sure. and and their works and their righteousness. And the Lord's been appointing you to uh, destroy them, to destroy their works, Gladly. to destroy that whole organization. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening there. Mm -hmm. It just occurred to me now, because I thought you were there, and brought there and. And uh, the people that were speaking against me and and uh, being my horrid enemies, and for what? What did I do? They'd have to tell you. They don't. They don't have much to say. But you couldn't. That's right. Uh, but there was that hatred, so I, I took it that that you were there to address that particular mm -hmm. situation. But you were there for a lot more than that. For sure. And that's the interesting thing with God is that it's always got all kinds of different. His purposes are many A little bit for fold. everybody. Yeah. A little something for everybody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little, little something <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> In the old gift basket. <laughs> even for even for Joanna there. She got a little something too. Yeah. Nice little gift. Uh, but you know what? When they don't listen, when they don't heed, when they don't receive what you have to say, when the Lord sent you there, mm -hmm. and if He sent you there, it's got to be pretty important. And I told her. He's not going to be just sending anybody for any reason. She couldn't even deny. Yeah. I told her. I said, the Lord set this up. 
This is a setup. Yeah. You can't deny it. The yeah. coincidence is, and she says, well, I, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. That's she amazing. knew very well. And I told her, I yeah. said, you're, you're, you're cold and you're bitter and you're an angry woman. And you've got bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. She said, well, I, I can't argue with that. She knew it. Yeah. She was totally, but she just couldn't let go of it. Well, Joanna, we want better for you. No kidding. I sent we her an email. We do want better for you. I'm not going to hold all of this against you. I'm just not going to. And I, I would hope that you would not hold things against me. And if I wasn't entirely innocent, if I've got something there that I've got to make up, confess, apologize for, God grant it. I don't want to be your enemy. I never wanted to be your enemy. Not once. Not ever. Not for a moment. Or with any of your family. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. And I sent her an email after that evening thanking her for sitting down with us to begin with. Because mm -hmm. she did see us sitting there alone and sat down. And granted, she wasn't yeah. really part of that community, so mm -hmm. it was probably easier to sit down with somebody she didn't know than some people she should have known or could have known. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't have anything against her. I just told her what was given to say. Well, I often appreciate, Martin, when you do speak to people, I don't see enmity. I don't see contempt. I don't see resentment. I don't see haughtiness. I don't. I, I see you just plainly sharing the truth uh, in, a, in a calm fashion, and I really, I really appreciate that. I do. Mm -hmm. just, and, and how do people argue with that? It's not just with the words. It's just with your approach. How do they fight that? How do they argue with that? Mm -hmm. if, they, if they do, the, the problem is a big one for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people are listening to what you have to say. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It wonderful. is. Yeah. Especially when they follow through and can benefit. That's one of the most wonderful oh, things. That's the reward, isn't it? That is the reward. Yeah. And that's why it's that's why it's uh, you know there's so many people that will thank you for the advice and appreciate the time you spend and mm -hmm. oh I know you're a busy guy and thank you mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate and everything. But the real expression of thanks is when you get to see... When they believe you and the, do what you've counseled. The level do. up improvement in their life yeah. as a result yeah. of following that counsel. Yeah. You know, like that fellow. I, I told him exactly how to raise chickens. And he went yeah. Yeah. and he did exactly what I told him to do yeah. and then none of them die. And you're yeah. just like, yeah. you know, that's, that's nice to see. Yeah. It's a confirmation for you. Exactly. Right? It's, it's an encouragement. Right. You know, when people believe what we're saying, it's an, an encouraging thing for us because, you know, it can get rather dismal when, when, when you speak and you speak and you speak and nobody believes you. Right. I've spent a lifetime like that. And, and you know, it, it pays to tell people who've given you advice, particularly if you didn't listen and then found out the hard way, and then learn that that person was right. It pays to tell them so. Yeah, you were right. The value of saying to somebody, <coughs> you were right. Going back to your parents, you were right. Coming back to elders or whoever, employers. Mm -hmm. I remember a few years ago, I, I just, it wasn't even a situation where I was necessarily wrong, but I had an employer, he was really upset about a particular area of waste. And, uh, and it seemed rather petty, and it seemed like he was so upset, and I was so young, and I was mostly like, whew, I'm glad I'm not getting yelled at. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but years later, I reflected on that situation and everybody else's treatment of him. 
And so I just called. I found his phone number again, and I called him. He's just a framing boss. Mm-hmm. And I called him, and I said, you know what? I, I know where you're coming from. I appreciate right. you had to be yelling at those people. Yeah. And, and frankly, my fear of disappointing him in that regard taught me some discipline in life. Yeah. I wasn't going to leave my stuff out after those guys got screamed at. <laughs> and they right. were all bitching the moment he left the work shack. And I just, and I look back on it, and especially after having to be in management over some people, and all the crazy, unexpected things they can do. Yeah. And then you're just like, I can appreciate where somebody's coming from there. Yeah. And, and he really appreciated being called all those years later by some guy right. who should have forgotten about yeah, him a long time for ago. for sure. And saying, hey, you remember me, you employed me here, I appreciated you, and you were hard, but I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever had anybody tell him anything like that, because he was kind of a jerk. It, it's pretty rare. He was yeah. a pretty crusty That's fellow. Right. Yeah. He mostly didn't eat food and smoked cigarettes instead, and mm-hmm. was jittery as everything, and mm-hmm. pretty high strung, and all his relationships failed. And mm-hmm. But he had this passion for building something quick and properly mm. and not letting anybody make mistakes mm. and just I remember when I was a kid I watched a war movie mm-hmm. and it was uh, American GIs in the uh, in, in Asia somewhere Southeast Asia I guess and uh, and these commandos were being trained mm-hmm. and uh, they were gathered in a you know jungle on the edge of, I think it was on the edge of the jungle, and uh, there were going to be maybe uh, enemy boats or ships coming in, and they had to be ready for them, and and they had to be very still and camouflaged the whole bit, and uh, I think this was this was a, a a training session. I'm not sure whether it was a real thing or a training session, but it was at that sort of scenario, and uh, and everybody's supposed to be very disciplined. And this one guy, he's sitting there with his rifle, and uh, suddenly he goes, mosquito. Mm-hmm. Well, that drill sergeant was all over him, mm-hmm. just really tore him to shreds. He says, "You could have killed all of us right there. Mm-hmm. If the enemy, if that, if the enemy was there and you did that, you gave us all away. Mm-hmm. For We'd a mosquito, we would have been dead." And he just raked him over the coals. They all hated him as a drill sergeant. They just hated him. Mm-hmm. But stop and think about the implications. He knows, he knows what counts. He knows the implications. Mm-hmm. So we can be, we can be called to, to very strict discipline. Mm-hmm. But do we realize the dangers, the consequences of not having that kind of discipline? Mm-hmm. We don't. Definitely. We're all greenhorns, right? We're just all recruits. We're in there, we're learning for the first time, and somebody is there with authority and knows what they're talking about. They may have been on a battlefield. They may have experienced those kinds of things that they're trying to get into your head. Those very same things up themselves. That's right. They could have done the same thing, and so and so. But we judge them. Oh, the guy's just a rotten, miserable bugger, right? You know, Uh, you you can't judge things like that. You don't know where people are coming from a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. and you have to. What's what's wrong with having that discipline? Why are you fighting against it? You know better than the enemy when you do that. Yeah, and, and you know, I find that people who criticize the authorities in their life for being too harsh. Not too harsh, too hard. Uh, I think, and, and not, not to get too psychoanalytical, but I think what happens, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go there anyway. 
But I think what happens is that those same people relish the idea of having power and abusing it. Right. And so every time there's an authority over them, being harsh with them, yeah. they believe that that's what that person is doing to them. And they don't understand what it's like to be on the other side where you're the authority and you're like, oh man, I don't want to have to yell at people again today, but if I don't, it's only going to get worse around here and I'll yeah. be the one that's accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't yell loud, ha loud enough and hard enough, I'm not going to frighten anybody. And if they don't have any decent yeah. fear, it's just going to cost all of us. Yeah. And now I got to go in here and be an asshole again to get people's attention. Yeah. And, and, then, and then the people receiving it are acting like you're on a power trip because they want to be on a power trip. Right. Yeah. And that's the reason why they're still not in charge of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they just they project themselves and their lust for power onto the people instructing them. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially if the person in charge has been seasoned at all, I know there's unreasonable tyrants out there. Absolutely. There certainly is. Yeah. But there's lots of people in charge who don't love the idea of raking people over the coals right. every morning. Right, right. Yeah. It's not easy. And they may have some guilt in their lives too because they've failed in other times to not get that Exa message across. Totally, right? totally. Because I, I was, for before I went to Israel, back in 79, uh, the Lord had taken me through a schooling for two and a half years to, to make the message clear. Mm -hmm. Repeat yourself, make it very, very clear. Re you repeat your message and then make them repeat it to you. Yeah, if, yeah. if, if the opportunity allows. Yeah, but. yeah. But I, I, I knew that I had, and I was working with the mentally handicapped people. So people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the Lord showed me that everybody's mentally handicapped one way or another. Everybody needs the message brought home clearly to them. If the carnal mind is at enmity with God, it's going to how much more whatever. handicapped do you have to be? No kidding. No kidding. That's right. So I had to learn how to um, make it very clear. And if I had to make it hard, then I had to make it hard. It beats the alternative, well, which is just the, the, the right thing doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, there was something else we were talking about before we started. You brought it up once. The general theme being not being presumptuous and asking the Lord for what you want. Right. You want to share that? Well, I suppose we've already opened it up, but I think there's a lot of times where people just assume that because they believe, you know, they believe that what they're asking for would be a good thing. Right. Say it's some, <coughs> some vice. And it's like, are you asking the Lord to take away that vice because it's humiliating to you? Because if that's the case, it's not going anywhere because it's not done doing its job yet. Right. Right, that's what your vices are for, is to humiliate you, to humble you, to, to, to soften you. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so you can just assume, well, the Lord doesn't want me to be having a vice, and so therefore I can ask him to take it away, and he'll just take it away. But why are you asking? Are you asking because you're tired of offending him, because you want to bring him joy? Or is it just because you don't want that thing in your life anymore? because the prison sentence is long and hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I go to the scriptures, where do you find 
somebody coming to God and saying, God, give me something to say to so-and-so. Give me something to say to these people. Right. Give me this to a say something. Anybody saying that is a charlatan. Yes, that's right. They're automatically doing their own will. Right. But we're, but, but what you do find is where God appears to Moses. Right. Or he'll speak to the prophet or he'll speak mm -hmm. to Abraham and he'll say, here's what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you to do this. Mm -hmm. right? He'll send Jeremiah out and say, speak to the people and say and, this. And often. Jeremiah didn't go to the Lord and say, Lord, what can I say to the people? Right, and not that there's necessarily, like, I mean, Jonah being a strong example, but even Moses, he didn't want to do it. That's right. And, and I can say for, for myself, and maybe it'll come as some surprise to some people, but like, I didn't want to run this farm. It's not, it wasn't on my list of things that I wanted to achieve or accomplish right. in life. Right. I wasn't like, hey, Victor, just give me the authority to run this farm. Mm -hmm. you're, you're often asked to do things that aren't, A, in your wheelhouse, like I'm not a manager by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily something you would have decided to do. Not that I'm against it, not that I don't enjoy it, not that I'm not thankful for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been the better thing for me, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But um, most of the time when the Lord gives you something, gives you a calling, uh, a purpose, an instruction, it's not what you want. It, it, what he wants is almost always the opposite of what you want until he's done working with you. Right. At which point your will finally aligns with his and then you can get along effortlessly. Yeah. But to, to just start the whole thing off by being like, well, this is what I'm going to do. Like they just decide. And that's when I decided I was going to be a pastor. Right. And then I had to give sermons inspired by the Holy Spirit every work. So right. I had to start every week, yeah. so I had to start asking for sermons. That is diabolical. It's just, it's, and it's, straight it's straight so out, boring and lame. That's it, why the sermons are so terrible. It's the counterfeits. Right. And they're asking for a message, and they get one from the devil. Yeah. You know, just their own imaginations. And just the nature of it. It could be letter perfect. Right. But it's not going to go anywhere. Right. If there's no anointing from the and, Lord. And, and the snoring in the in the... All the sleeping people in the churches testify. They get their sleep. Right. There's always something good to come out of it. <laughs> I thought they said there was no rest for the witches. <laughs> <laughs> Except in church, I guess. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I'm yeah, sorry. well, it's... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, all I'm saying is, is even their audience testifies to the unwillingness of people to be there. Yes. Because oh. if, 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 if the Holy Spirit were the one giving the message and the people had the Holy Spirit, I don't think they'll be falling asleep. I don't think That's so. an exciting day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, right. You're, you're hearing... You're and, hearing. And, and it's within an hour. We're not talking preaching for six, seven, eight hours where the guy falls out of the third story window yeah, right. well, because he falls asleep. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's, it's early morning already. I know, it's like <laughs> it's, that's not what we're talking about here. Nine thirty. They in the only morning. came at well, you know for an hour in the morning, and they're already back to bed. Right. Yeah. It just <laughs> I, I I put many hours of sleep in a church building. That was my whole goal was how to fall asleep without getting noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not doing that right now. No. No. no it's a good thing you. It's a good thing you got me talking. <laughs> Um, yeah.
Yeah, to, to just presume. And, and it even just goes, you can have ideas in your head. You, you have to know that the Lord has you there to speak before you have any business asking him to give you something to say. Right. That's basically and, what it boils down to. And most of the time, you're not going to have to ask him. Exactly. And, and I remember... He's already putting you there, and he's going to put the words, give you the words, give you the whatever it is that you need to speak. Mm -hmm. You just have that confidence that there is something. Oftentimes, when we start on these uh, YouTubes, we don't know what we're going to talk about. We have all kinds of things that we talk about ourselves, but there are so many things that uh, we could talk about, we don't know where to start. Um, but... I almost refuse to know where to start. I would say I'm coming on here by faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of allergic to the idea of having a real plan of any kind. Right. Yeah, and we're not doing that. And you get the professional, what what do you call them, talk show hosts mm -hmm. or, or, or guys like Ben Shapiro or sure. whatever. Everything's set up. Mm -hmm. And I'm not criticizing them for what they're doing. If that's the way they have to do it, if that's the way they do it, fine. You know, Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino and, and all the others, yeah, right? Well, they... Uh, but for our part, it's like... It's not meant to be. If your goal is at millions, least not for now. If your goal is millions of viewers and you want the easy road, right? You know you can't ramble on like we do. No. Or can we? Yes, we'll see. We're playing the long we'll game see. here. <laughs> exactly. People will get interested eventually. Lord willing, the Lord will reach you whom He will, by whom He will. Um, there's still something else I wanted to bring out here. I'm saying they're doing the polished approach. Right, it's before that. Having a plan on what to say? Yeah. It's not that either. No. I'll have to edit out this pause. We appear a little quicker on our feet. Right. There was something in particular I was going to take a path on. Seems like the harder I try, the. Let's talk about knowing that the Lord has you to say something. something there somewhere before you can just presume well Lord if there's nothing else then what do we need to see oh you were saying that often When you are sent there to say something, you don't have to ask for the words to mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. There's something before that. I know what it was. I'm thankful that we can be here with the Lord, in the Lord, and joke about these kind of things. Mm -hmm. 
have a, have a sense of humor and, and a good laugh about a lot of this stuff. And it might not seem very holy, it might not seem very godly, right. it might not seem very wise or sober. And okay, so let's, let's, let's say that we aren't uh, uh, perfectly representing the Lord. Let's say that. Who's, who's going to judge that? Right. Right? But I'm thankful that we can joke about these things. And, and the only reason, the only way I know I can joke about these things, the way we have been, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can joke any way you please, mm -hmm. but the way we have been joking, uh, it's because I'm free in the Lord to just do things that way, to express things that way. I'm just thankful for that. You know, you it's a wonderful freedom. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know that the Lord has a sense of humor. Obviously, it's not vulgar, it's not dirty, it's not at anybody's expense. Mm -hmm. On and on it goes, right? But he does have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen him do a lot I've of funny it. things. I've experienced it myself. Oh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. And, and you know, even in the world, people have great senses of humor. Like you get uh, a lot of these memes. Mm -hmm. They come from everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, they can be so imaginative, oh, yeah. so funny. Incisive. And I think, wow, where did he come up with that? I wish I had said something <laughs> like that. Why didn't I think of that, you know? But uh, it's just wonderful the way these people can be so so funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, but in the Lord, you can be funny, like, and you can find things funny. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And people people get into these starchy religious circles. I was there, right, right in there. Uh, well. And you got the other side where they're shaking on the floor with holy laughter. Yeah. Different story. And, and but that's, but that's a different freedom there. And they're always playing on a truth because there is yes. a clean laughter where you can just kind of enjoy things. Yes. And it's not like you're not taking life and the Lord seriously, but you're not taking yourself that seriously. Right. Yes. And that's where yeah. the freedom comes. Yeah. You're just not yeah. sitting there being like, oh no, we're we have to. It's not so postured yeah. and stiff. At, at at first, it seems like you do have to take yourself seriously for a bit there, or at least not yourself seriously. No, that's not true. You don't take yourself seriously, but you're suddenly taking seriously the, the, the things of life, the mm -hmm. reality, the things of God mm -hmm. the, for the first time, because you've been out there doing whatever you've been mm -hmm. doing, right? And now suddenly there's this, this holiness. There is this call to holiness right. and God's law and changing, uh, repenting of, of all mm -hmm. the wickedness in your life, the vice, vices, the sins. Um, but but you uh, you uh, have to come through all of that. You go through that discipline of fires. Mm -hmm. You go through God's chastening, right? And you come out the other side, and you're a new man. Mm -hmm. Now you can have a, a sense of humor. Right. Well. You can laugh about things, and it's clean. You, it, it might not seem too clean. Like here's Elijah. He mocked those prophets of Baal. He says, "Well, you know, come on, guys." Get your act together. You're not doing very well, are you? You know, he was, he was mocking is them. Your, is your Sarcastic. Is yeah. Baal relieving himself? Is he bathroom right. break? Where's your guy? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Vacation? What's yeah. the deal? Yeah. And, and you know, uh, the people, God manifested himself. In spite of what Elijah was like, God manifested himself with Jonah. Mm -hmm. And Jonah was just a rebellious. <laughs> he was cantankerous. Oh, he was. <laughs> he did some, you know. And then after the whole job is done and Nineveh saved, uh, uh, he says, I knew you were a merciful God. That's I knew this was going to happen. This is why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm not interested in saving people. Yeah. And then, and then Jesus says, I'll give you one sign, the sign of Noah. Yeah. A man who didn't want to save anybody. That's right. That's right. That's a marvelous, marvelous thing. We see both the good and the evil and, and how the Lord just works right. with a wonderful tapestry. 
Of, and it's uh, a book of the Bible. Sure. And Jonah is considered one of the prophets. Yes. Yes. Who yeah. can understand? Yeah. Who can? That's right. If it's just about being a religious goody two shoes, like Jonah gets an F minus. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, talk about yeah. talk about opposing the. Uh, what are they? You know, missionary work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he's successful, in spite of his own rebellion, after ending up in a whale for three days and getting right. spit up on the shore, he's yeah. just like, and this is why I didn't want to show up. <laughs> I knew what kind of God you were. You're, you're, you're a good one. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And Elijah, the, this, this phenomenal event where the gathered together mm -hmm. and all these, these 450 prophets of Baal. Yeah, whacked down in the river bottom. Yeah. Butchered. They took them down to the river and slaughtered them all. Mm-hmm. And Amen. then the next day... He's running for his life. Running for his life. That's a, that, those sorts of things amaze me, but God keeps us humble. Mm-hmm. He keeps us humble. Elijah, that happened to him. Suddenly Jezebel's threatening him. She says, I swear by this time tomorrow you'll be toast. Mm -hmm. Right? And... Uh, and so he fled. Mm -hmm. But God was with him. Mm -hmm. And Elijah kept going. Mm -hmm. He sure thereafter. did. So the Lord just had to kind of moderate his feelings. And well, then he, Elijah wasn't Baal. That's right. He wasn't a hero. And he wasn't praying to one. He was just a man. Yeah, that's right. And there's moments of like passions like us. That's right. What and you, you have these moments of clarity and faith and determination and courage. And then you're a man in the next moment. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how it goes. You're not, and you think, oh, I need to be that way all the time. And right. it's like, well, nobody's asking for you to be God. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's not realistic. It's and, not and people look for a God, too, in right. a man. Right. That's what I'm saying. And let him slip up once. Right. What happens? Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if I can trust this guy anymore because yeah. he made one tiny little mistake. Yeah, and they're not talking about sins. They're not talking about right adultery or whatever. Right. But even David. I was going to say even David. Yeah. Anybody who was bad mouthing him, even for that, yeah, would have had the Lord against him. That's right. The Lord appointed all that too. Yes, yeah, he did. There was Samson. He's mentioned in Hebrews, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, yes. As a, with a man with faith. Yeah. And there he was, and the Lord appointed him to go after all kinds of girls mm -hmm. for his purposes. And it says right there that the Lord caused him to desire a Philistine woman, something right. to that effect. Right, Yeah. He yeah. put that desire in his heart. Yeah. And you can criticize Samson for his weakness and all that, and there he is commended in Hebrews. Right. The Lord That's isn't right. looking for heroes. That's right. No, he's, well... It's the total opposite. He's looking for unheroes. Exactly. People that don't trust themselves, but and have confidence and pride in themselves, mm -hmm. but trust in Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and He makes that happen. Mm -hmm. It's not as though we can. Oh, I'm going to trust God, and I'm just going to make up my mind. I'm going to trust God. Or I'm going to be this perfect man mm -hmm. of God. It doesn't work that way. You know, it? and you think it's such a tragedy with Samson. You know, and he ends up taking down more Philistines in that one move. Yeah. And all his weakness with his eyes plucked out. Yeah. And all the other events. Yeah. And, and it also proves that the strength came from faith, not from his hair. Right. Yeah. Because he had no hair, and yet he had all his strength. 
Well, the hair returned, started to return. It started it to return. say that. Yeah. But, but still, it's, it's true. It's, it's just God's, God's um, doing. But uh, there's no... It was all a victory. Even though he had fell to the, the temptation and, and persistence of Delilah, Mm-hmm. And his eyes are plucked yeah. out, and he's a laughing stock. Yeah. And then he takes down all those people. There's no mention in Hebrews that, well, despite the fact that he was this and that, and he failed in this and that particular aspect, it's like the Lord just used the whole thing. Yeah. It was all part of the plan. Samson did his part despite his mistakes, yeah. and that's really anybody yeah. anybody can do. Yeah. And they, they all had their faults. They all had right. their falls and faults mm-hmm. and weaknesses. Infirmities, mm-hmm. they all had them, every one of them. For sure. I often, I often hear uh, Jews talk about Abraham and Moses as these great right. heroes. You know, like Abraham was this great man of faith and he did this and he did that. And uh, they, they praise them. They, mm-hmm. make, they make holy icons. More or less. Of them, heroes. Yep. And that's not the way it happened. That's, that's idolatry. Mm-hmm. They're talking idolatry. They're talking Baal worship. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Worshiping man as God, that's Baal worship. Mm-hmm. Heroes. And you can even see with Moses at the beginning dealing with the Pharaoh, there was some hope, some optimism, some reasoning, some, and then he gets burned, and he gets burned, and he gets burned, and then eventually he just doesn't even believe him. Yeah. You know, he, even he was learning. Yeah. But you just see him as he's appointed of God to come in and the ten plagues right. and the authority right. and the power. Right. Meanwhile, he's like, okay, all right, we're freeing the Israelites now. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. they changed their mind again. And he goes back in there and he's yeah. angry and he's yeah. frustrated. Yeah. And eventually he's just merciless. Yeah. He just loses his patience and <laughs> doesn't mess around anymore and he's glad to destroy them. And, yeah. and you know, you forget about the fact that Moses was raised in those courts. That's right. He was going down and taking down his own, his own way of living, mm-hmm. his own childhood. Yeah, yeah. Not that he wouldn't have seen the obvious corruption and everything. The Lord was right. with him. Right. But it's still not easy to go back up against what was perfectly normal to you in your youth. That's right. And and that's right. All those he would have known people that were there. The whole yeah. works of it. Yeah. And he had, yeah. he had killed an Egyptian. All those rumors yeah. would still be there. Yeah. Yeah, 40 years isn't that long a time. No. It really isn't. We headed back to Israel 40 years later. It was just, there were similarities, there were many differences. Uh, we met up with some of the people that we had known 40 years before. And, and, and I got to realize that 40 years isn't that long. It's not that long after well, all. Speak for yourself, I'm 35. <laughs> it seems like it's been forever. Well, there's different ways of looking yeah, at that's it. That's right. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking about people having problems with temptations. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've, we've seen a lot of stuff happening in that department. Right? right. Would you like to say anything about that, Marty? Well, that's kind of where I was going before, is that a lot of people are just asking for it to be taken away. Right. And for their own sake. The motive. The motive. Yeah. And so, oh, because I they know it's the wrong thing. Right. And they don't want to be offending God lest they go to hell. Right. And there's all the fear and everything. Yeah, the fear. You don't ask out of fear. Right. Um, That's fearing the problem and not the Lord. Trying to remind me, uh, but I want to let you go on. 
uh, of, of where I was coming from when I was first converted. Right. It was after the Lord. Right. That's what it was. Now, I'm not boasting here. I'm not trying to make something happen. But that's, that was my basis. That was the solution to the problem. Yes, right. that's right. So go ahead. I think I've mostly expressed it. It's just that these problems that plague us, mm -hmm. they're, they're there to do a work. Mm -hmm. And wanting them to go away because you don't like that buffering, that torment, right. is the opposite of the solution to the problem. Because it's still just about you. The vice was about you and your pleasure, and, and now that you've had your fill, you want it to go away. But it's still about you, yeah. if not about him. Right. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And that's why you continue to flirt right. with sources of your lusts. Right. Uh, f sources not, yeah, for your lusts. Right. To feed your lusts. That's why you're there. Right. And you mingle with the people who are still there, right. still doing those things. Right. What are you doing? Right. Are you making? Are you are you taking sides or not? You have to take sides. It's either you take sides with the world or you take sides with the Lord. Right. So what are you doing, hanging out with people who have decided not to walk with the Lord? Right. That will be no end of trouble to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll never have any kind of victory in your life. Never. Right. Not for a moment, Unle unless you're. Unless you're dead earnest. Right. And then they say, well, how do you get there? Right. Well, how would you answer them? Um, how do you get to the place where you want to put it away? Yeah, where, where you become dead earnest. I, you have to love the Lord more than you love yourself. Mm-hmm. what it boils down to. Yeah. I guess it's a matter of God doing that in your life. Right. Faith that's that's what hearing. it is. Pardon? Faith comes by hearing. Yes. You hear this. And hearing by the word of God. Right. I was talking to a guy yesterday for however long and on what, FaceTime? Is that what you call it? On right. Facebook? Yeah. And uh, he, he, he kind of liked where he was. Right. Oh, I can't. I can't break out of this. I can't. I've tried this, and I've asked God. And yeah, but this is where I am, and this is where I'm going to stay. Yeah, yeah. I remember on your point there about company. That when I first became a believer, I was hanging out with a friend. Are we speaking loudly enough here? I think yeah. so. I was hanging out with a friend, and I had a had a beer with him. Maybe a beer and a half. I don't think it was. And I used to drink more than that. Um, never got so sick from drinking, hungover, the whole works, and I could not comprehend how I could get so sick mm -hmm. from a very small amount of beer. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't strong beer. And I, I realized that that was what it was. Because it wasn't just a beer. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was going to that old relationship. And that old relationship oh, yes. will always be on right. those terms right. that they used to be on. You can't drag people into your new relationship with God. Yeah, that's right. And, and chum it up and expect like that. It's just died. Doesn't go anywhere. 
So what do you do with people who continue in their sins, they know they're wrong, and they know that the Lord has to do it for them to bring them out of that. Mm -hmm. It's like they have to serve the sentence. The prison term. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't just drag them out. And no. You can't tell them escape from prison. Right. They're not the key holder. That would be breaking the law. Right, exactly, to go freeing prisoners, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Or escaping, trying to escape. And you're not going to get anywhere begging and screaming from prison for your release. Right. It's not going to work. It's, You'll it, pay every last penny. As you say, it, it serves its term until, until you're sorry. Yeah. Truly. Yes. So your yeah. reason for not wanting to be there has more to do with no longer offending than it does just suffering the consequences. I remember this one uh, fellow, Mickey Patrick, back in 1976, a prophet, and uh, he couldn't let go of smoking. Mm -hmm. Couldn't let go. And tried and tried. And I was a little critical of him for smoking, because I was thinking, well, I was smoking too, and the Lord took it away from me. But, uh, and, and I thought he was making up an excuse, but I look back at that and I think, well, he could have been right. Where he says, this is God's contriting machine for me. Mm -hmm. he, he just humbles me. Here's something, I have a problem, I have a hang-up, and I can't do anything about it. And there is that kind of thing. Been there. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think maybe, uh, I don't know uh, what you meant or where you were coming from earlier on when we were talking here on this video, but you talk about how we can go and ask the Lord for something, but why are we asking, mm -hmm. right? You know, recently I've been gaining weight, mm -hmm. right? Been gaining weight. I thought I had all this victory, everything covered, right? And I've, ha I've had the victory. There is a victory. There is there is a relationship with the Lord. There's uh, a new relationship that I, uh, I that's, that's new, it's, it's different, it's special, and yet I've got this monkey in my back that I've had all my life, and I thought I've had many times where I was delivered of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing recently, Sometimes I've been wrong about my analysis of myself, but, uh, and maybe many times. Um, like Paul says, I, I don't judge myself, mm -hmm. right? But, and maybe others can, can, can judge or be given from the Lord wisdom or judgment. But it's like, look, I don't want to be fat because I don't look, I don't like what fat looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to see me as fat. Mm -hmm. Is that why I'm asking the Lord? I know that it's certainly not glorifying to Him. I think, I think of the Lord hanging on the cross. What if He'd been fat? You wouldn't have seen Him on the cross. And not because He avoided the cross because He was fat. He went to the cross because He wasn't fat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Loosely, yeah, I think I... I don't see a fat man on the cross. Right. I just don't. Right. 
So I asked, and I said, Lord, what's, what's happening? Is, it, is this just all about me? Is it just about my fat? Uh, are you just leaving me with this? Because, you know, it's, it's been a battle all my life. Mm -hmm. And now it's really moving into uh, full speed here. Well, I know you've given me counsel on that. Maybe you should share some of that uh, because you see and hear and understand things uh, from a perspective and that I haven't, honestly, I haven't understood or seen before. I think it might get a little technical and dry. Can you keep it from being detailed or whatever else? Well, if, if you're not comfortable with this, that's it, okay. We'll, it, it's not we'll a keep the people in suspense. Yeah, yeah, it's not a matter of discomfort. It's just I don't believe that health is only measured by outward appearances. It's measured by the function of your internal organs and your general well-being. Yeah. And many people seek an outward appearance at the expense of their inward function because even our ideas of what is fat or healthy or lean or trim or whatever people want to call it, it's, 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 I mean, a lot of people think they're healthy and they can't even reproduce because they're so skinny. You know, people, people have wrong ideas about health in general. Now, I'm not saying obesity is good or healthy or anything like that, um, but I think even there, you can ask one person what's fat and that person might even be okay with somebody else but if they looked like that they wouldn't be able to live with themselves mm -hmm. people have a lot of messed up ideas in their head that make the whole conversation a lot worse mm -hmm. and a lot of times um, all that stress and anxiety and guilt and shame over the way that you perceive yourself it just fuels the need to keep eating. So it's, but I, those are just physical. So have I been asking things. the Lord for, uh, for uh, my sake, or for His? Well, how do you know He's not answering you? Well, that's very true, and I've, in fact, I, in fact, Martin, you know, I'm bringing this up, not entirely with with this. Um, Negativity, or right? Yes, I understand. I feel like there is something happening, right. and I am feeling better. Exactly. Uh, taking your counsel on, on on diet and what I should do with that, and dealing with low blood sugar. This is where this is where it started. Right. This low blood sugar, that I've brought on myself for my lifetime, of diets and dieting ever since. And going up and going down, and, and yeah. just a word of caution for everyone here: if you feel like you're overweight starving the weight off of your body with any kind of dramatic weight loss is never going to work and it never has worked and for the few people that have managed to keep it off they live their lives in misery because they haven't solved the problem mm -hmm. all they've done is eliminated the warning light and i think it's important to note that it, we're not talking about fasting now fasting in the lord Hundred percent different. About that at all. Hundred percent different. You do end up losing a lot of weight when you're fasting. There's a difference between starving and fasting. Yeah. Fasting is when you put away food completely, and your body enters a different state, and yeah. it only has to enter that state once. Yeah. But when you're starving yourself, you're going from eating something, which is your food metabolism, and then you run out of food because you didn't eat enough, and now you're going into eating your fat, 
and then you go back as soon as you have a sandwich, and then you're going back to eating fat, and the old switch back and forth a million times, and intermittent fasting and all that is a complete disaster for the body. It just doesn't, it, you will get skinnier, but the same thing happens to cows when you don't feed them, and it doesn't mean they get healthier. I've spent uh, 68 years, besides the two years pr previous to that, getting fat, and the 68 years of dieting, gaining, losing, gaining, losing, gaining, mm -hmm. losing, off and on. And, uh, and what I want to say right now, I'm reminded of this because we've discussed this among ourselves, it seems like the Lord's doing something now to take a monkey off my back uh, that's been there all along mm -hmm. and have had temporary success, oftentimes, I've been in good shape the whole bit, and, and now I'm gaining this weight, and, and rather speedily. And uh, to me, from what I can understand, I will be proven right or wrong, obviously. Uh, it's like the Lord's doing something now, and dealing with my, what, pride mm -hmm. of, of being in shape, or, or uh, fit, or whatever. Um, And I, I, from what I can understand, he's doing something here that I hadn't thought of before, hadn't understood it this way before, and it was, it's been through through your counsel here on this, Martin, and uh, so I, I, I sit here, gaining the weight, it, it makes me nervous, nervous, uncomfortable, yeah, for sure. right, and thinking, Lord, how far is this going to go? How long is it going to go? Because it's it's moving fast, and. Uh, on the other hand, I'm feeling like he's doing something that he's going to deal with. He's not going to let me down. Gotta trust him. Yeah. Even when it doesn't look good. Yeah. Because all your efforts to take it in your own power and solve the problem it hasn't worked. I've just been. Hasn't worked. If so somebody who in has all these years somebody who worked. has gained and lost weight twenty times is going to have a way harder time losing weight than somebody who has never tried at all and decides 50 years later that maybe they should lose some weight. And all that, all that, all those years of dieting, mm -hmm. gaining, losing, gaining, I guess that's what you're saying has dealt me uh, a, a bad hand of cards when it comes to uh, blood sugar levels. Yes, absolutely. And in 19... In 2017, suddenly, that blood sugar thing hit me, and I could not, I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't, well, I, I was going along fine, it, did, taking my, my ruck, rucking sack walks, and um, eating nicely, and losing the weight. It was, uh, I was feeling fine. And then suddenly, this came on me like it was. Well, I've. Like, I, I couldn't do anything about it anymore. I've and and my weight has started to go up. I've talked to you about why that happened, though. You weren't, you weren't succeeding until that happened. You were succeeding at yeah. betraying your body and your metabolism, and it yeah. finally took enough abuse from your efforts to lose weight in radical ways yeah. and forbid you from trying that again by stealing guess, all your energy from you, for sure. You, you weren't I, I reached the place where I, I just couldn't... Yeah, take it your body ran out of emergency reserves to go pulling those kinds of stunts. Yeah. 
It just doesn't work. And that's, yeah. that's what happens to people. And they, they think their efforts are successful because they're only weighing it on the scale. Yeah. And, and, and like I've said to people, there's no, right. there's no bar right here with little blinky lights going from red to green with your liver health notated. <laughs> and so just because you're throwing your liver in the garbage can to go lose some weight radically, it does not mean you're becoming a healthier human being. It doesn't work like that. Right. You have to be reasonable and you have to think about your mood. And if you're dieting and it's making you feel like you don't want to live your life anymore, you're not helping. You're not, all you're doing is yeah. tormenting your body. You're being merciless to achieve your own goals. It isn't going to work. When your blood sugar, I guess it's when it drops, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't have any reason for living. Totally. It's depression. It's mm -hmm. anxiety. I wake up in the mornings. Anxiety. You wake up in the middle and of the night. And for all those years, Martin, all those years, I was waking up with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was because of some kind of sin. And every morning I would wake up and I'd be searching myself and praying to God, saying, God, is there some kind of sin in my life? Because this right. is bothering me and that's bothering me and that's bothering me. And then Martin teaches me to have something to eat before I go to bed. Something. A little bit of protein, a little bit of sugar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Ever since I started to do that, and I'm learning uh, how much of that to take, because mm -hmm. I don't want to take any more than I have to, but I, right. I want to take enough. Yep. I want to take what I need to take. Lo and behold, I was not waking up with the anxiety and the depression and the fear. That's because... And all of that was there, and I thought it was spiritual. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It's just adrenaline and cortisol rushing to your body, trying to break up your fat tissue and provide you blood sugar because you forgot to eat. And so you get jittery, and, and you honestly feel like you've finished running from a bear. It's just it's the same fight or flight. You just yeah. get wound up because you're starving. Oh, yeah. And, and in the early years, during those some, some pretty strenuous times of fasting, or not fasting, dieting, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, uh, I'd be sitting there and talking with Marilyn every morning for, we could go for anywhere from half an hour to three, four hours and go and over the same and, things, mm -hmm. same things, same things. And then <laughs> next morning, total repeat yeah. of the Pre thing again. You, you don't solve a thing. Look, you it, pray, we, we prayed, Lord, what is it? What is it? We pray together and uh, Marilyn would put up with all of that nonsense for me about, you know, my my troubling, mm -hmm. just waking up troubled, troubled, troubled. Well, we project. And so when you feel troubled, and you look for the thing that's troubling you. But if the reason you're feeling troubled is because you didn't eat anything, you're never going to find, you're not going to find a reason that you're troubled. You tied that in with the liver somehow. Didn't yeah, because yeah, your liver is where all the reserves are to go performing starvation diets. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've got all these reserves there, and when you're under a state of stress, then your body starts using them to break down your fat and feed you. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, eventually you run out of those reserves. Mm -hmm. And now you can't make energy out of the fat that's on your body anymore, which means you can't lose weight anymore. And then you starve yourself because you think that'll force the weight loss. And now you don't have any food to feed yourself, nor do you have the ability to turn your fat into any form of energy. And so you become energyless. And the lethargy and depression and anxiety and everything sets in. Life is despair, nothing's worth doing anything. That's right. Absolutely, because you, your car feels the same way when you don't give it fuel. Yeah. You know, and um, I, anybody who's getting up, waking up in the middle of the night when they should be sleeping and having their mind filled with cyclical negative thoughts has run out of blood sugar. End of story, unless you've committed some horrible crime 
and you're worried about the, somebody coming to get you. But if you're just waking up and you think all of your weird emotional thoughts in the middle of the night are legitimate, they're definitely not. Mm -hmm. Get up, go get something to eat, go back mm -hmm. to bed. Mm -hmm. For sure. Which, ma which makes you fat. <laughs> yeah, but... Short term. Yeah, but, but the thing is, is not, e not even. That's not what's doing it. That's not what's doing it. It's, it's, it's in a depleted liver that causes that. Mm -hmm. And in order to replete your liver, you need to eat things mm -hmm. that have nourishment in them. Mm -hmm. Not candy, obviously. Right. But like a glass of milk is going to make that little blinky light on your liver go a little higher. Mm -hmm. Gives it what it needs, some honey, fantastic for your liver. Mm -hmm. But to just starve it because you have an idea in your head of what you should look like, you, it's kind of like I said, the, the scripture there, it's a general principle, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And, and that's a spiritual thing, but your body has a physical righteousness, a healthy state, mm -hmm. a nourished state, mm -hmm. and that's what you need, you need to be seeking the real indicators of health, and not just what a weigh scale says or what you think you look like. Because I've, there's all kinds of thin people, and what happens? They have heart attacks, they can't handle stress, they can't handle a single flu without... F when I was underweight, any time I got sick, I wanted to die. It was just like horrible agony. You tell people how rough it was, and you're just the whiner. Uh -huh. It's yeah. horrible. And then I gained 40 pounds, and I got sick, and I'm like, <laughs> that's no big deal. Uh -huh. no, no wonder nobody understood what I was going through. Uh -huh. You know, oh, but I was thin, and everybody thought that was so great. Mm. It's not great. You were very thin. I oh, didn't yeah. think you were, that was great. Well, I've, I had I had plenty of people compliment me and say they wish they were more like me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think mm -hmm. you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And they don't. Mm -hmm. But like your hair and your eyesight and your and your digestion and your skin. A lot of these girls. They just got their faces all scarred up from all kinds of horrible acne and they just can't seem to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And they put on all their makeup and all this. And most of them, if they just eat like 30% more calories, suddenly their face clears up and there's no problem anymore. Because mm. you can't even maintain the health of your skin without enough calories. Right. But we've got an idea of what girls should look like and it isn't even a reproducible model. They can't even ovulate. Mm -hmm. and. While it may temporarily make you look younger for longer, when by the time you hit 30, 35 years old, you're going to age like crazy because if you haven't ovulated, you haven't made any progesterone. Mm. And so your skin will start falling apart, losing its elasticity, you start getting wrinkles, your face starts sagging, and a lot of that is just because you haven't made the hormones that make you a woman in like 20 years. Mm. Properly, anyway. Yeah. I'm not worried about that part. You know, okay, that's good. Anyway, like I said, it can get overly technical, but it is good for people to hear no. that the physical matters can, yeah. like you say, you, you want this horrible troubling to go away, and what you needed was a snack. Do you know something else I find? I've claimed victory in the Lord, coming to the mountaintop, and I stay there. I mean it. Right, like a pillar in the temple, not to be removed. That's right. Right. And then I have this. And I think, how does that work? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But you know, even though obviously it's at your expense, yeah. I, I, I think it's for everybody else's benefit too. 
Because otherwise yeah. people just put you up on some kind of pedestal yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, they don't really know what you're going through. They don't really understand that you're just a human. Right. And that victory in the Lord doesn't have anything to do with perfection in the flesh. Absolutely it has to, it ha it, it, It's the total opposite, actually. It's the abandonment of the effort to perfect the flesh. Amen. That's what it is. Amen. It's just like, forget that noise. Amen. I'm not concerning myself with that anymore. Yeah. That's not where it's at. Right. Well, I've been coming to the place where, all right, you care, I don't. I don't care. You want to you wanna see me fat, then, okay, you're going to see me fat. Yeah, it's just and like, well, I mean, you only look in a mirror a few minutes of the day. It's really everybody else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to solve their problem for them. Yeah, right. Well, stop being so nice. <laughs> a lot less work. <laughs> See how he picks on me? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but these, we were talking about temptations and these, these things that people are hanging on to. Uh, a. Nicholas said to A. Michael, I don't think I believe you. I don't think you're sincere. Right. I had told Michael that too. Right. I said, you're not sincere. You don't mean business. Mm -hmm. Recently, I had to give him a sound warning mm -hmm. and say, Michael, time's almost up. Mm-hmm. God's not going to be long-suffering forever, right. right? Told him that. And I knew that that was true. And remember in 2014 when we all went through, mm -hmm. through that long time of fasting. And during that time, um, I kept warning every morning and evening. Mm -hmm. I was warning everybody here at the farm, God's wrath is coming. God's wrath is coming. Repent, repent, repent. They didn't listen to me at all. And in, not only that. But I discovered that they were actually mocking me and speaking against me. Mm -hmm. And you informed me of that because mm -hmm. I didn't know. And that's how bad it was. They just would not listen. And they even had dreams of, of uh, pending judgment. Mm -hmm. They had those dreams. The Lord was warning them too. I had a vision of a steam locomotive, an old-fashioned steam locomotive. Uh, you know, with the big smokestack, and uh, it's it's all. I, th I think it's no, it's not recorded. Probably not my, there yet, but with white no. billowing smoke coming yeah, out, yeah. heading towards. And it was steaming down the track, and it was headed towards a bunch of passenger cars laying on the tracks. They were supposed to be accompanying the train when it was going in the other direction, and they were just laying around on the tracks. And this locomotive was just a steaming down there. I knew I was that locomotive. But I thought it had something to do with the fluoride battle that we were having with the city of Lethbridge, trying mm -hmm. to get fluoride out of the out mm -hmm. of the uh, out of the city, out of the city water. Mark calls me one day, and he says, "Victor, I believe that vision is about us." I knew right away he was right. I knew right away that he had received a uh, a vision or or uh, an understanding. Interpretation of that vision. I knew, and I knew I was that locomotive, and I knew that they were those cars. Mm -hmm. All right, so fast forward, what? what a year Six, and seven a half. years, whatever. A year and a half. By the time that it happened, yeah, you're right. From 2014 to, uh, to 2015, 
and by two, 2016, 17, all gone, wiped out. Everybody. Everybody. Except for James. James. That's it. Yeah. And Maryland had had a prophecy for James once, uh, way back maybe in 09, 08, 07, somewhere in there. And uh, she had a prophecy. We were praying for him. And uh, it said that his faith was going to surprise everybody. Mm -hmm. put, mm -hmm. put everybody else's faith to shame or put mm -hmm. everybody to shame. Yeah, that's what it was. And that's oh. something. You know, we receive these revelations, these mm -hmm. visions, interpretations. You don't even know what to think about them. Or you don't. You yeah. don't. And oftentimes, I find this strange. They come at a time when you are in a certain kind of circumstance, and you say, well, that's what that vision is about. Right. It's the thing that you're dealing with. Like that fluoride battle, because mm -hmm. we were having a battle. But that's not, that's not what the case was. I had sent out that letter to the city, uh, an urgent appeal to the churches of Lethbridge, warning them about the poison the toxic uh, poison, fluoride, artificial fluoride in the municipal water system. Mm -hmm. And nobody was believing us, right? Nobody was believing us. No, no, um, no. Almost nobody. Well, right. more or less yeah, nobody. That's right. Um, one, one person believed you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One person. And she's been blessed. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, with much more to come. For sure. As she, as she continues. Uh, whereas I was, I was, I was, so we were, we were thinking that was happening at that time. But within a year and a half, two years, that vision had come to pass, mm -hmm. and and the whole place was cleaned out. And how? That that steaming engine just cleared the track. And it happens all the time. All this kind of stuff is happening all the time. This is the life of the Lord. This is the victory. This is the power. This is the joy mm -hmm. of the Lord. And this is what we want to see everybody experiencing. This is what we want to see shared everywhere. That's what we're after. That's why we're here. That's why we're do doing these videos. We're not. We're not out to condemn you. If we get angry, we get angry. Uh, but hey, I know where I was at. We were warning everybody. Warning, warning, warning. They didn't listen. All right. Now, Michael and others, you're getting a warning. It's serious. I have to say this. This may be discouraging. It is what it is, and God can make an exception of anything, but anytime I've warned and warned, nobody listened. Right. I, don't, I can't remember any time where it was otherwise. Right. Does anybody know here of, of a time where we warned people and they listened? After all, I don't remember that happening. I mean, I've, I, I can think of circumstances where you warn somebody and they listen, but not circumstances where you warn somebody and they don't listen, and then you warn them again and they don't listen, you warn them again and they don't listen, and then they finally listen. That, that's far less. I don't remember any circumstances like that. Where they were warned and warned, and they finally listened? Yeah. You don't remember anything like that? I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah. And, that, and that was along for decades before you came along. I don't remember anything. It was, it was always otherwise. So it doesn't bode well. I just don't, right. I don't, if I, if I look at the track record, there's no hope. Right. Should I dare say that to people that are listening? I know God can do anything. And if God wants to save somebody, it doesn't matter what I say, he'll save them. But that's, that's what I've seen. Right. That's what I've experienced.
I have seen people go to the other side rejoicing. My father, my great uncle, and a brother. They came through, and, and an aunt. They came through on the other side. They had been warned. My aunt hadn't really been warned. It was, it was a different story there. But, but she came on the other side rejoicing. Biggest grin on her face, just full of joy. Just, mm -hmm. just, it was marvelous. You don't see smiles like that on earth. And Dad was surprised to see what happened mm -hmm. and what was going on. He just came, came in, he entered in. So th there are exceptions. Mm -hmm. There are exceptions. An uncle, just a dirty old man. He was uh, my stepfather for, mm -hmm. for two years. And near the end of his life, he started to read the Bible. And I couldn't talk to him because he was deaf. And I was so sorry for that situation. You know, I could have had some talks with him. Mm -hmm. He was on a different track now because mm -hmm. he was just about the dirtiest old man you could meet. Mm -hmm. And uh, he died, but he and Dad appeared to me mm -hmm. during a 10-day fast I was having. Mm -hmm. And there they were, appearing to me and asking me to forgive them. So they'd been hearing warnings from me. Mm -hmm. Especially my father. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. God has his ways in all dimensions. No two examples alike. Right. And guys, I'm very thankful for having you guys, all of you. It's just precious. Just precious. And the people working at the Path of Truth and answering guys. Mm -hmm. I marvel at how you can still have some, some sin in your life, and yet God still gives you grace. He still gives you mercy. He still gives you, what, opportunity mm -hmm. and, and, your, and, and words to speak to others? Mm -hmm. who, can, who can understand? And it was at a time when we had a flood of stuff to be answered there at the, at the Path of Truth. There was no way I was going to handle it. I couldn't handle 10% of it. Guys went in there, a whole bunch of them, mm -hmm. including the Michaels. And boom, 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 people were answering. And Isaiah, and just a lot, a lot of people answering. It's nice to see a decent answer. And there's oh, been lots yeah. of them. Yes. Because you get to look at it and you're like, oh, phew, I don't have to say anything. Right. you don't want to leave it unanswered, but you really, you have things to do. Yeah. And, look, if the Lord doesn't give it to you to say something, uh, what are you going to do? Right. But, but he gave it to others. I was there, and I saw, and they learned a lot, too. They mm -hmm. learned a lot. So, uh, I, can't, I can't figure the Lord out. I'm not trying to figure him out, but right. I can just tell you that there's a lot of stuff I see here that I just, I, I, you know, kind of marvel at. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But it's the way it is, and it's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. So, again, I'm just calling people to repent. Something else, I know we're, we've got to go already, right? We've been here a long time. But um, the, the modern or the, the, the present day situation economically, politically, socially, oh, what ugly days. Never dreamed they would happen. And the, uh, the, the, the insanity of it all.
It boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. The people are so, so, so wicked. So wicked. So confused. And so confused, yes. And how could they get so confused about not being able to tell between a man and a woman? You know, and thinking they can change and, and they destroy themselves. Cutting their appendages and yes. organs off. I mean, who, who, who thought that kind of thing would ever happen? When I was prophesying that the end of the days and the horribleness coming on the earth, I did not see that. I, did not, I didn't understand that. I didn't see it. didn't expect it. It's just, it's abs and they, they lie in your face, all these people. It's amazing. They just... Why spend the effort being cunning when the average person out there yeah, can is, be deceived yeah, by so easily. some yeah, words? Yeah, that's right. Don't it's have amazing. to try hard, so why waste um, the effort? And so I, some people have struggled and wondering, well, what side do I take? You know, do I, do I take the right? Do I take the left? You just take the Lord. Obey Him. Obey Him. Mm -hmm. Stick with Him. You don't have to in, in, enter into... Some of you may have to enter into a battle somewhere, right? So I have to leave it with you, and I have to leave it with the Lord. But, but even if you're going to enter into a battle, it won't be about the world's sides. That's right. It It'll won't be, be about that. the Lord's side, and then all of the world's sides. Yeah. If you're with the Lord, you're going to find enmity with right-wing patriots. Yeah, that's right. Just as much as you're going to find enmity with left-wing idiots. Yes. If you yeah. find yourself just getting along famously with right-wing patriots, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, are you ever. So is there anything else that we need to consider? So I just want to put that little warning out. And if you have to do whatever you have to do, it might not, it might not seem like it's the godly thing to do necessarily. It might not seem, certainly not going to be a, a religious thing. Um, but it could be something that's just surprising or shocking, whatever. I don't know. I'm if not encouraging anybody to do anything. I'm just saying you're going you're gonna to have to look to the Lord. Yeah, you can't look to politicians. You can't look to doctors. You can't look to uh, anybody else. You have to look. You can't look to Victor or Martin. You, you have to look Please to the Lord. Don't. And that's my answer to everybody out there. Doesn't matter what is confronting them. The Lord is the answer. Mm -hmm. The Lord is the answer. My weight problem. The Lord is the answer. It's not. It's not diet. It's not Martin. It's not. It's not Amen. any of those things. It's the Lord, and that's that's who that's who I'm trusting to take care and of. He this. appoints a season for everything. He does. He and does for perfect, perfectly good reason. Yeah, yeah. And it may look like it's out of whack or out of season or whatever. Who knows? It doesn't matter. You just know that He's taking care of it. That's it. And you stop trying to figure it out. Yeah. Just give yourself a headache. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for these days that are here now. People are dropping like flies. I'm thankful these days are here. I don't care. I don't care. If they have to drop, they have to drop. I know that they don't drop for nothing. That much I've learned from the Lord. The curse causeless as the swallow by flying, however the way the proverb goes, mm -hmm. what? Uh, yeah, 21, the 3 or somewhere in there. So yeah. the curse causeless, so does, the not curse causeless does not come. That's right. And it doesn't. Yeah, and people get very angry with me when, when I say, well, he didn't die for nothing. You thought he was a godly guy or you thought she was a godly woman? No, they didn't die like that for, for nothing. That didn't happen for nothing. That tragic car accident, that just didn't happen. Things don't just happen. God is in charge. If he, 
if a, if a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without his without him or a hair fall, you know, not a not a hair in your head will you lose. Hey, don't tell me that that tragedy, that cancer death, that horrible, whatever it is, happened yeah, and don't to, a, to a holy person. And don't sit there trying to find the silver lining and everything. Right. That's so annoying. Well, yeah. yeah. It was really the. It was actually the best thing that happened. Yeah. And you're just like, come yeah. on. He's in the arms of Jesus now. Yeah. The angels just carried him up, took him out of all of this trouble. Everything is wonderful for him now. And then you say, well, is that how you would treat your child that you loved, that faithfully yeah. served you? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I just come. I just tell them this. That's not true, and they get very angry with me. They do. Yeah. You're yawning. That's the step just before sleep, isn't it? Are you you're getting bored? No? Right? Am I talking too much or I didn't prepare a sermon. My my tongue is sore, so Yeah. No, I, if I'm not talking then I start falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine everybody in the church suddenly going to the front, yeah. the preachers preaching, they all get up on stage and they're gonna start preaching because otherwise they're gonna fall asleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's the opposite of a sleeping pill, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and there's a, been some people that have kind of wandered away a little bit. Uh, folks, do what you got to do. But uh, what can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Marilyn is mentioning that the raindrops are starting to fall. In Noah's day, they didn't have rain until, until his day. So, be encouraged. You can be a little disillusioned or discouraged or, or you might have some wrong ideas of things. We can think of maybe Miranda. There's one. We're not, we're not messing with your mind. We're not messing with your heart. We haven't written you off. You want to go where you want to go, then that's your choice. But uh, I can just tell you that we're here. And if you want the Lord, we're here. We're here for you. I was going to say, no, no sense passing ideas around your head like we have any kind of ill will or predisposition against anybody, because that just is not the case. Right. Or, or um, faultlessness of every kind that you can think of that only you can attribute to God. Right. Right. Because people will. Oh yeah, if you're. They'll find fault with something you say. Sure. They'll find some fault with something. And I maybe say even or legitimately. Do. Could be. Not everything we say is yeah. going to be perfectly seasoned and and you know you can be a decent cook and still put out a few meals where. Somebody needs to add a little salt. You hear that, Marilyn? <laughs> not now. <laughs> not now. No. Don't tell the whole world. But like, if you're, if, you know, you she's a great cook, by the way. That's <laughs> true. Um, but people can get the idea that if they can find any fault with you, if you're, oh, you're supposed to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And so if they find one fault with you, then it's like. 
Wow. I'm, I mean, like, like this idiot Longzi here. You said something to me, and it wasn't very nice, and that's how I know you don't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I know you're a false prophet, and I'm done here, and I'm not coming back. It's over. <laughs> it's like, okay, wacko. You know, like how ridiculous is yeah. that? They find yeah. any reason. You just yeah. weren't nice enough to me. Yeah. And that's it. Well, that's what the guy said yesterday. You're, you're tearing me apart. You're not here to tear me apart. Yeah, that's not your business. And, and uh, how did he put it? Uh, there was another phrase. You're finding fault with me, he says. You know, you're finding, I, I said all I did was that you know, you're, you're locked into smoking. You can't give it up. You can't quit. I was locked into smoking. That's why I'm bringing your smoking up, because here you are smoking right on FaceTime, right in front of me. And, and I'm just saying, look, there's hope because I was there. I couldn't break the smoking, mm -hmm. and God took it away, right? He removed it. But I had to trust him. I had to trust him. You should have just said you're making it easy. He says you're finding fault with me? Yeah, right. You yeah. could have just been like, well, yeah. you're making it easy. What I did say to him was, aren't you finding fault with God? If you don't like being found fault with, why do you find fault with God? You don't believe anything he says. Mm -hmm. He says, call in my name and you'll be saved, mm -hmm. right? He made a lot of promises and you don't believe him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you have that paper in, on the path of truth that... Uh, that uh, Jesus never said those things to the thief on the cross. Mm -hmm. I said, that's right, I said that. Mm -hmm. Well, how am I supposed to know if anything he said was true? And yeah, this is an argument that people use, right? Sure. Because if you're going to poke at something in the Bible, all, right away they assume that the entire Bible is, is under examination. I says, well, you don't know. You don't know whether anything is being said is true or not until you talk to him, ask him. And if you haven't asked them, you may assume you know, but you don't really know. Mm -hmm. And he may not tell you until you do ask him. Mm -hmm. But it says you're finding fault with him because you're calling him a liar. Mm -hmm. You're calling him a liar. How do you like that? And now you're angry with me because I'm pointing some things out to you? And I wasn't even doing the kind of thing you're accusing me of? He hung up on me. And I wasn't speaking that strongly right. as, as I am here right now. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was patient and gentle with him. Not that I necessarily had to be or needed to be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that's the way it was. And he just hung up on me. The guy just signed his own death warrant. There's a reason he's in the position he's in. Yes. He never listens to him. That's right. He wants to be pitied. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just can't do it. I, I try and I try and I oh, try. Oh, well, as long I, as you tried. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Who can blame you? Right. That's it. He's done. He's toast. He may see this video, that's fine. If he doesn't see it, that's fine too. But uh, that's, that's finished finish there. <laughs> the Lord will deal with every individual. Yeah. Perfect timing. I can't think of anything else. You told me that I was going to do all the talking, mm -hmm. and I asked you to do all the talking, mm -hmm. and you've had a sore, sore mouth because of your braces that's, mm -hmm. that's forming and fixing things in your, in your teeth there, and your mm -hmm. tongue. So 
I guess they gave you a bit of a break and we're good, good to go. Mm -hmm. I might not have intended it that way, but... I'll take what I can get. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Till we, till we see you again or till you see us again. Right.